Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people who don't necessarily love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 119. And I'm calling it cleaning with a bad attitude. This was a suggestion from one of you who read a post with that same title from my blog. That's actually from one of my very first years of blogging. Anyway, and you said, Hey, I'd like a podcast on that subject. And I was like, Okay, I will totally do that. Um, Before I do that, I want to read you an Amazon review of my book. I am also the author of How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind. And yes, this is how awesome I, oh my goodness, I totally had it pulled up. Here you go. Okay. So, um, on January 28th, which is less than a week ago, I think. Anyway, it's February 2nd right now. Uh, this review came in five stars. This book has, I'm sorry, this book changed my life and my home. I've been a messy person since birth. I've always known that it seemed to take a ton of focus and willpower to keep anything cleaned and organized for more than an hour. I was actually on the verge of just trying to accept my messiness and make peace with the losing battle to keep my house clean. But then I came across this book. The advice in the book is not exactly revolutionary. Really, to keep your house clean, you just have to clean it every day. Simple concept, right? The thing that really changed things for me was her discussion of the slob brain and the handicap it imposes on my slob self. I suddenly understood just why it was so difficult to keep my house clean and my perspective instantly changed. It's been two weeks and my house has been cleaner than ever. And two weeks doesn't seem super long, but I have three toddlers and an equally messy husband. So two weeks, sorry, so two weeks of a really clean house is what some might call a miracle. Anyway, I love that review. Thank you so much um, for leaving that review. Um, To the one of you who left it, for some reason, I get the impression on that one. Maybe it's because, but then I came across this book that this is not somebody who um, regularly listens or reads. But um, anyway, I want to encourage you to make sure that you have the book. I talk about all these things on the podcast, on the blog, because I didn't put anything in there that I have not lived out in real life. Okay. But the book is written as an instruction manual for you to get your home under control, gives you all the strategies that you need and how to put them into place in your home. Anyway, that's how to manage your home without losing your mind wherever books are sold. Okay. So we are talking about cleaning with a bad attitude. So this post that, um, somebody had read and it was actually a really fun post to write. And I wrote it back in, I think it was in 2010. And, um, basically the story was, this was back when I would link up all the time. Like I was, you know, to get blog traffic, even though I wasn't, it was 2011, even though I wasn't telling anyone that I actually had a blog, uh, in my real life, I did want random strangers to read my slob problems. I know it's a, it's like probably some kind of a mental thing that you could actually have diagnosed. But anyway, um, there were these link ups and that's what I would, um, you know, like there was somebody who was doing one and it was like, organize these different places in your house. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. Cause you know, I was trying to get my blog out there. 
So the challenge for the day was clean out under your kitchen sink. And I was like, seriously? Like, I couldn't have found out about this challenge on the day when it was something like a little easier and a lot less embarrassing or whatever and a little less gross. But no, that was the day. Anyway, so I talk about that, but um, I'll read you part of it. Let's see. This is going to be a good podcast, I can tell. Okay. I mean, I avoid even thinking about what's under there. And I'm having a good hair day for the first time in weeks. And this project means getting on the ground and sticking my head way back into the recesses of my how neat that the sink is in the corner cabinet. I opened the cabinet door and stared for at least three minutes. I finally pulled out a few things in the front and then stared for a while longer. I tried to convince myself that this was an impossible task, that everything under there probably needed to stay anyway. But finally, I grumpily got a footstool and sat down. I pulled out the miniature Beethoven statuettes because that's what every sane woman finds under her kitchen sink. I think I put him under there when I needed to put out Christmas decorations three years ago. He'd been there a while, at least, because his face had been eaten off, not by rats, (laughs) but by lying face down, never getting moved during the time when our sink was leaking. I also found various vases and other decor that I never replaced after I accidentally decluttered my kitchen window in the fall. It's a rare thing that I put out flowers, so I think the three I kept are plenty for this wannabe minimalist. The sentimental items were most difficult. These are two, anyway, I'm going to stop there. Basically, I was not in a good mood, but I did it. And of course, I'm sure that I don't have to, um, I'm not going to surprise you when I say that the ending is, after all the griping and whining and complaining of my inner monologue, I'm glad I did it. Go figure. Yeah, because uh, I'm pretty sure anybody listening to this podcast, or probably anybody in the entire world, no matter what, gets this, right? I mean, we get this. This is the um, this is the reality that no, even if you don't want to do it, once you do it, you're glad you did it. Okay, or I'll say that from my perspective. Even when I don't want to do it, if I do it, once I do it, I'm really glad I did it. Okay, and that's just the fact. Um, so I'm just going to talk about the general concept of when you just don't feel like cleaning or when you just don't feel like decluttering. And um, it, that's just reality. I mean, this is, I don't do this because, oh my word, this is the f- most fun thing ever for me. <laughs> it's going to be so fun to just get in there and get that clutter out of there. I know there are people like that. I am not that person. Um, so I just have to deal with it. But how do I deal with it? Um, okay, so a little bit about me and my, um, issues. I, I do tend to own my bad at my bad attitudes. Okay. I actually just had a friend over. She was here to help me with the, um, like financial records and stuff with the blog. And she, um, she was like, what is your problem today? You're like very, um, short and heffy. And I was just like, I'm just in a bad mood. That's it. I mean, it's just how it is. When I taught, uh, high school, I can remember occasionally writing on the board. I'm in a really bad mood today. Don't try anything. 
And I had students who would come to me and say, I am so thankful that you say that because most teachers, I mean, everybody has bad moods, but um, most of them don't let us know so that we know to, you know, not try anything anyway. Um, but that was, that's, that's kind of, you know, I'm, I'm very open about my emotions. Um, those of you who've listened for a long time, I'm sure I've said this before, but the acting teacher in me has to explain these things. But, you know, most people think, I, I was a theater arts teacher before, um, most people think that actors are the people who are able to um, fake emotion. And in reality, that is not the case. The really good actors are the ones who are able to show their emotions, not the ones who stuff down their emotions or fake an emotion that they're not actually having. Because the truth is everybody can do that. Everybody can pretend to be feeling one way when they're feeling another way. Um, that's just like how everybody is. But actors are actually the ones who are able to let it all out to show their emotions. So anyway, that's what I blame for this ability to um, let my emotions out. Anyway, um, here, here's part of my problem is, yes, I own my emotions very much. But I used to, because I had no routine, I used to depend on cleaning inspiration. I depended on waiting for the mood to clean to hit me. Partly that was because I knew that I got, okay, I thought that I got more done when I was in the mood to clean because that mood to clean, yes, it occasionally did happen. And yes, I would throw myself into it until I was completely exhausted. And yes, my house would look so much better when I was done. And so I thought that's what I needed, but I wasn't ever cleaning when I didn't feel like cleaning because the routine part of it just wasn't part of my understanding of how things were supposed to work. And so because I never did it the other way, that's why it was okay to just keep assuming that it was only because that I, anyway, that I was only ever effective when I was in the mood to clean, but that was just because I only ever actually cleaned when I was in the mood to clean. Anyway, so, um, unless I had to, obviously I was often in a bad mood if I had to clean because things were happening, but that, you know, that wasn't anything to ever aspire to. Um, so what is it that made a difference? Um, pre-made decisions, daily habits, and weekly cleaning tasks, tasks, having an actual schedule for the major cleaning tasks. Okay. So I've talked about all of those in podcasts before, but let me just briefly go over that. So my weekly cleaning tasks, which let's just all be real honest right now. Um, it's a Thursday and I'm as happy as I can possibly be because it's the other of every other Thursday, um, that I did have a cleaning lady come. And so she does this stuff now. And, um, yeah. So go back and listen to the podcast about the realities of hiring a cleaner. I did not do this until after what, seven years of just getting through it on my own through the blog. But yes, um, it's the best thing I've ever done. I'm just telling you anyway, but before she came into my life, um, what I had to do was I had to assign a major cleaning task to each day of the week. Okay. And I still have those because I still do laundry on Mondays. Monday is laundry day. Tuesday was bathrooms. Okay. And if I'm feeling really great, okay, fine. I've never actually done it, but if I was ever feeling really great, I should do that on the Tuesday of the week that she's not coming. 
Um, but I always figure, oh my goodness, they'll be fine. They can wait for her. But I mean, obviously there's little picking up and stuff, but Tuesdays are bathrooms Wednesday errands, just because that is the day that it works out with the Bible study that I go to Thursday, um, mopping and Friday dusting and vacuuming. Okay. So the reason that I needed to have those things was because it does not work for me to wait for cleaning inspiration. Because if I wait for cleaning inspiration, that's not going to come on a regular basis in my brain. And so when it does come, I've got all of those things to do. And I've got a buildup of a week or two weeks or three weeks worth. Okay, fine. Or more worth of those things all to get done. And that is just a recipe for disaster, a recipe that I made again and again and again, okay, before I started my deslobification process. So by having a set day that is assigned for a task, that helps my T-pad, my time passage awareness disorder. It means that Tuesdays come around and I go, Tuesday, bathrooms, okay. Yeah, and it's just a natural reminder that happens regularly, consistently. I don't have to wait for me to go, Oh my goodness, what happened in here? Because I have slob vision. I don't see incremental mess. So it's going to be a huge disaster before my brain finally registers. I have got to clean this bathroom. So by having a regular routine of tasks assigned to a day so that every time that day comes around, it crosses my mind that, okay, today is the day to clean my bathrooms, then that is what keeps that done. Do I jump up and down with excitement that it's Tuesday and I get to clean bathrooms? No, not at all. Am I thrilled and excited about it? No, not at all. Now, I have had a lot of you who have read the book and finally decided to give Laundry Day a try. Believe me, if you have laundry under control, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, don't switch to my my way. But if laundry has been a huge frustration for you forever, um, I'm a big fan of doing it all in one day. Um, and it's been fun because I experienced the same thing that people are telling me, which is on that third laundry day, when I finally grasped that I did not have to even think about or worry about or feel guilty about laundry or not doing laundry for six whole days. Um, it's like, I did get to where I actually enjoyed laundry day. Now that joy has faded some, but I still do laundry day. Okay. I mean, I'm not like, Oh, I'm so excited. It's Monday. I get to load the washing machine and then I get to move everything over. Now there is part of me that gets excited because I get to listen to an audiobook for 10 minutes at a time or whatever here and there. But am I thrilled and excited? No, but something about it just being assigned to Monday helps me go, Oh, I may not be excited, but it's Monday. So it's laundry day or it's, Thursday. So it's mop day or it's, yeah, I think I'm fine. Not mopping day or whatever, but it, the, the day coming brings me to, um, I'm not depending on emotion. I'm only depending on that. And that helps me to not have to talk myself into it. Okay. Because that's where the emotions really come in and really mess me up is when I've brought it to a point where I am just I'm going to talk myself into or out of whatever task it is that needs to be done. Okay. I have to remove that conversation that goes on in my brain out of the equation. Okay. Um, okay. Here's the other one. Um, let yourself be mad. You know, 
maybe that's not good advice, but it's kind of how I, I do things. Um, you know, being mad isn't a reason to not do what needs to be done, but it doesn't mean that I have to deny that. Oh no, no, I do love it. No, I mean, I just, you know, let yourself go ahead and be mad, but be mad while you do it. I mean, you know, that's, that's fine. Sometimes you'll clean better that way. Um, pre-made decisions. This is the daily stuff. Okay. Um, you know, I used to think of dishes and sweeping the kitchen and five minute pickups, even though I didn't think of five minute pickups, I only thought of, Oh, we got to pick up the house. It's a huge disaster. Um, doing that, that was something I had to talk myself into. That was something that I had to gear myself up for. Take a deep breath. Okay. I'm going to do this. Okay. Okay. Um, which, you know, when you have a bad attitude, which is what I would have when I would look at my disastrous house, because I hadn't been doing that stuff regularly, then it's hard. It's hard to make yourself do that. But having those daily pre-made decisions, um, tasks, non-negotiable tasks, things that I'm like, I don't get to think through this. I don't get to ask myself, do I want to do this? Um, that's just not part of the equation. And that in and of itself helps me a ton. Okay. Um, the other great thing for that is, you know, the five minute thing I've been doing a blog post the last several Fridays, and I have another one coming out tomorrow um, that I'm calling five minute Friday. And that is where I just, I don't always do it on Friday cause I try to have it ready for Friday, but you know, I take a picture of a certain space some of them are more cluttered than others. I set the timer on my phone for five minutes and I work on that space. And then I take another picture and I'm always amazed at how much I can get done in five minutes. Sometimes being mad, it's like, well, I, I just don't even want to do that. I just, I don't, what was the point? What's the point? I'm not in the mood to do this. Okay. Five minutes. Really? That is the least possible time. The reason I chose five minutes for a five minute pickup is I could not justify any less time than that. I mean, that is such a short amount of time. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'll give it five minutes and I'm mad about it. And I do it anyway, being mad. And then after five minutes, I'm shocked at the impact that I've been able to make in those five minutes. I mean, it's, you know, letting yourself just say, okay, I'm going to work mad for five minutes. Great. Um, or just declutter, you know, that I think just decluttering is one of those ways that I allow myself to tackle a space, even when I'm in a bad mood about it. You know, I look at a space and I think, I have got to organize that space. I have got to get organized. And then I get mad at myself because when I look at a space and I think I have got to get organized, I start thinking about all the ways in which I have failed at being organized for the rest of, for the, you know, entirety of my life. You know, oh, I've got to get organized. How many times in my life have I told myself that? How many times have I tried and I have failed and I have messed up again and again and again. And every time I do organize, well, I know I'm going to fail so that, you know, that kind of stuff is where I get irritated and angry with myself. But letting myself just declutter and say, okay, yeah, so organizing has not been the most successful thing for me, but I'm not going to worry about that. I am just going to declutter. Then it's like, oh, well, yeah, I can do that. You know, (laughs) oh, okay. Or, you know, the 
remembering the visibility rule. Um, These are all decluttering strategies that are in the book. They're on the blog. There's podcasts on them, all that kind of stuff. But the visibility rule, you know, sometimes the reason why I'm mad about doing a cleaning project is because I think I can predict the ending. Okay. I can predict the ending based on what has happened to me in the past. And one of the things I used to be able to predict was that, well, I can spend all day cleaning, but every time I do that, I can't even tell any difference in my house. Well, these strategies that I had to work through because I had to come up with these because the house was such a disaster, you know, things like, okay, I'm going to focus on what's visible because I now know from experience, the reason I would work and work and work in my house and it would still just look like I hadn't done a thing at the end of the day was that I was tackling invisible spaces. I was going to the back closet and doing the top shelf and I was using all my energy on that and feeling, knowing that I had been working all day and having nothing to show for it. So now that I know, okay, I'm going to go against my natural inclination and I am going to stick with the visibility rule. It's like I'm able to, because of past experience, I'm able to go, okay, what makes me mad is working all day and having nothing to show for it. But I know that the visibility rule will make sure that that doesn't happen. Okay. And it allows me to get started. Um, other things is, you know, that frustration over knowing how it's going to end. Oh, every time I declutter, I make a bigger mess. Well, you know, I have a strategy for that too, that I've had to create out of necessity and knowing the strategy of how to declutter without making a bigger mess allows me to just go ahead and, and keep going. Okay. Um, having the non-emotional decluttering questions, my two decluttering questions that do not depend on emotions lets me know that I can, I'm going to be able to get through this decluttering project without, um, without, you know, breaking down in tears or whatever it is, I'm going to be able to get through this because of that. And here's what all this comes down to. Don't forget, there's a podcast on the two decluttering questions. There's a podcast on, um, how to declutter without making a bigger mess. All right. And those things I'll put in the show notes as well, but this is what it comes down to experience saying I number one have to gain experience which means I have to just get over it and get in there even though I'm mad and just be mad while I'm working but every time I do that and I figure something out um which hopefully you're farther down the road because you get to use what I've figured out but as I do that Then it's like the next time I'm not excited about decluttering, but it's a little easier to just go ahead and get started because I know I can just declutter and I'm not going to end up with a better, bigger mess. And I'm just going to ask myself those two decluttering questions. Okay, I can just do this. And then the next time it's even easier. Am I ever in my whole life going to be excited to go in and declutter? Probably not. It's probably never going to happen, but I still just go ahead and, um, just say, well, I'm just going to work through these strategies. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. So just real quickly, because I hate to leave you with, um, me having mentioned things that aren't there. The two decluttering questions are, if I was looking for this item, where would I look for it first? You're acting on instinct. You're not analyzing. And the second part of that question is if I, uh, um, is take it there right now. And that is how I avoid um, making a bigger mess. That's because I don't make keep piles. I don't do keep boxes. I just 
go ahead and take it where it goes, where I would look for it first right then. And then that way, whenever I get stopped, because I always get stopped in the middle, I've made progress. Okay. Um, all right. And that's decluttering momentum. That's really ultimately what a lot of this comes down to and just be irritated. Okay. Um, I wanted to tell you guys, okay, so I have two little tricks really quick. Um, before I go, I was telling somebody about a specific podcast episode the other day and I thought, Oh, I'm going to go see if there's a way to share that. And you go over if I think it's, if you're subscribed, you go into the little feed. This is in iTunes. I'm not sure about other um, apps, but within the iTunes app, you go, and if you're subscribed, it'll have episodes or whatever, and then it'll have feed and feed is the ones that are not currently downloaded on your phone. Um, and there are three little dots next to each episode name. Well, if you click on that in iTunes, one of the options is to actually share the specific link to that one episode. So, you know, if you have an episode that, you know, a lot of you have told me, oh, I've listened to such and such episode over and over and over and over because that one really just kind of helped me with my specific issue. If there's a certain episode that you wanted to share with someone, you could do it like that. Um, and then I have a podcast to tell you about. I always love to share um, new podcasts that I've started listening to. This is called The History Chicks, and it is two women who um, do a lot of research on a specific woman in history and um, they both do research and then they talk through it and they just basically tell her story and then they talk to each other and everything but it's it's just telling her, the background and you know maybe some research or just different you know the story of this woman so I've just really enjoyed that it's fun um, podcasts are a great thing to listen to while you're cleaning I don't have to tell you that because you're listening right now but as you go out and find other podcasts that you might like. Now, I have to be clear that while they do keep it PG, meaning it is mostly appropriate for, ch- they don't say bad words, um, but, you know, if your kids are there, it, you probably are going to want to listen to some before you, um, I've, I've listened to some that were like, oh, this is absolutely, oh yeah. Cause they're real sensitive to the fact that younger people m- might be listening, but let's just all think about, um, sometimes when you like dive into history and you find out that, oh wow. Um, yeah. So people of, you know, Kings and Queens and sometimes, um, I've had some pretty interesting things happen in their life. Um, and so things are sometimes mentioned that, um, I, I wouldn't want my kids to hear, you know, but, um, I don't know how to explain that other than just to say, listen to it. A couple of them yourself first. My daughter and I have li- been listening to the Lucille Baldwin, uh, which is, um, you know, they do a lot of like ancient history. They do all kinds of things, but they did two episodes on her. The second episode just came out and we've really enjoyed listening to that. But yeah, they do talk a lot about the marriage issues between Lucy and Desi and, um, you know, all that, but they're, they are sensitive. They don't, you know, they're not, they're not doing any shock value kind of things, but that's the history chicks. And it's just one that I have really enjoyed. So you might want to check that one out and I think that's it for today. So, um, 
I hope you guys have a great week. Don't forget to go get your copy of How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind, which is available as an audiobook. You can get it on audible.com or as a CD or MP3 or whatever. Wherever books are sold, if you buy audiobooks, they will have it. So, all right. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.